Welcome to Woodworker and Wife. We're Dan and Bethany Myers. We've been married for over five years and have three little girls. Are we marriage experts? Parenting experts? Life experts? Perfect in every way? Not even close, but we do happen to have a microphone and more importantly, we want to share what God has done and is currently doing in our lives in order to encourage you. will encourage you in your day-to-day life. This week we're on episode two and we're excited to share my journey to being a stay-at-home mom and Dan's path to becoming a full-time woodworker. Both stories reflect our obedience to a God who loves us and what happens when we step out in faith. Let's get started. I'm Dan and this is my wonderful wife Bethany and we are woodworker and wife. We're joined today with the beautiful Lucy, our eight-week-old daughter who is currently asleep. And noisy. Yep. That's how eight-week-old people are. Yep. (laughs) Um, We are also at the library this morning. We escaped our two oldest kids in the craziness of home life and got out this morning. Mm -hmm. And we're at the library in a study room just so we can record. Um, So as we dive in this week, as Beth mentioned, it's our second episode. And we're talking about, um, you know, our journeys career-wise and in our notes we're calling this the back to school special because we're recording this right around the time that a lot of schools have already come back Mm -hmm. into session or the schools that we used to teach at are coming into session very soon and by the time you guys listen to this episode in the state of Michigan most schools will have just started yes Um, and we wanted to look at it in that context because we are both former teachers um, and so for the last year and entering our second year, we're kind of in a life of, oh, it's not back to school for us. Um, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> uh, it will be for Beth, and she'll explain why. Um, but one thing that I want to point out to you guys, to the listeners, is that, uh, yes, we are Christians. And, um, you know, we, we take that to heart very much so. And there is a lot of... Uh, biblical things that come out, I guess, of our episodes or will come out of our episodes. And we wanted to have that kind of lean um, just because that's who we are. And the one thing I want to share about this week that I think will have a, there'll be a common theme, a common motif as we enter into the next several episodes is the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Um, It's kind of a, a big topic, but we believe that Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit And as it's been explained to us through church and sermons and studies, is that these are promptings. And whenever you are prompted to do something by the Holy Spirit, you know, usually you would obey. Um, Although, not not all the time. It's true. Enter our sin life, our our sin uh, background, I guess. Just, you know, who we are already. Uh, But promptings are to be obeyed, and we're blessed when we obey. Mm-hmm. And we know this just from personal experience too. Uh, but faithfulness and obedience are also prevalent in the life of a Christian and in our lives as evidenced by many of the stories that we're going to be sharing now and in the next several weeks. Our oldest daughter, Jane, is four. 
and right around the time that she was born, Beth was, you know, through prayer and at church and just discussion, felt like she was prompted to be a stay-at-home mom, which was something she really wanted to do, but it was going to be two years after Jane was born. And more recently, I was prompted to trust God in a job search that one could argue was unfruitful, but it got me to being a full-time woodworker, which is one of the best decisions I think I've made. So we're going to dive in. Beth is going to talk about her journey to being a stay-at-home mom. Yes, so let's see here. Three, no, two years and how many months? I don't know, three or four months ago. Um, I was actually a special ed teacher at the high school level. And, um, you know, well, I'll go back even farther. So when we were pregnant with our first uh, I desperately wanted to stay home with her, but it just was not in the cards at that time financially for us. Uh, and so we had to search out childcare for her, which was not my favorite idea ever. It was really difficult for me. Um, Dan had to comfort me through a lot of crying sessions. Uh, so that way I could mourn the loss of time that I wasn't going to have with her and be okay with putting her in a childcare situation. So, um, and that was just during pregnancy. That wasn't even like, we've had her, now we need to put her somewhere. Um, and so that that's kind of where it started. And I had always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Like even when I was little, I just wanted to grow up and get married and have babies. And um, mostly because that's what my mom did. And I just like, I just wanted to um, follow in that path. So I was a teacher for five years in total, and during that time period we were attending a church, and I don't know if the sermon had anything to do with it, but I went up to pray, and I just remember being like, God, I I desperately want to stay home with my baby and um, not teach in the public school setting, but stay home with her. And he said, you know what, just give it two school years. Give it two school years and you will get to do uh, what you want and the desire that you have and that I placed in your heart. Because I think um, uh, it's often stated that uh, God will give you the desires of your heart. There's a verse. I don't remember the reference. But um, the thing I think people forget is that God places those desires in your hearts for you to thirst after And so because he places them there, he will fulfill them. Uh, So uh, he said, wait two school years. And so we had Jane and we put her in daycare. Um, Luckily, we found a really, really wonderful lady who was a friend of um, my family's for just ever. Um, I'm pretty sure I attended her wedding when I was a little girl. Uh, And so she uh, was just starting to go back into the child care world and um, needed just something easy because she still had a, a kiddo at home in high school who needed um, assistance with homeschooling and um, she took Jane and Jane was the only baby so it was it was just perfect um, I just didn't worry at all she'd send pictures it was great uh, and then um, so that was year one year two of uh, teaching, um, 
you know, after I got this prompting from the Holy Spirit to wait for two years, um, we ended up pregnant again um, and due in April with our second. And I, everything kind of aligned um, because between, you know, this was this was the timeline that had been put in place. This was the waiting to the two years. Uh, so we, it was all kind of, it just really culminated. Not only, um, you know, we we were due to have our second, uh, you know, in April, and we, you know, decided after that that I was going to take maternity maternity leave through the end of the school year. And so one day I was a teacher, and the next day I was a stay-at-home mom, uh, and. It was something that I can't even tell you the number of times I cried over wanting this and desiring this for my children and wanting to spend this time with them. And what's really awesome, and, and, and Dan talked about the promptings of the Holy Spirit, um, there's a study out there that I've done recently by Priscilla Shire, and um, it talks about the promptings of the Holy Spirit and listening and cultivating that in your life. But um, part of it, too, is how these promptings can be affirmed externally from yourself. And I kid you not, I think every single female teacher in my building was like, you are never going to regret taking this time with your kids. You are never, you're just never, you will never regret, even if it's difficult financially, to do this. If And uh, they all confirmed that this prompting was really Yeah, and what I was supposed to be doing. And um, that's not to say I'm never going to be in the education world again. Um, It's going to require me going back for a master's degree if I ever want to teach again. Um, But I am at where I'm supposed to be right now, Mm -hmm. at home with our three little girls, supporting my husband and our family, um, and, and, and just living life. So it, Dan looked up that verse for us, too. Um, it's Psalms 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, and it's not necessarily like a verse I've cleaved on to, but it's definitely one that I feel comes up in our life. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting about that verse, if we dive into that for a moment, and mind you, I don't have a Bible background. It's just from what I've gathered um, from church and through my own faith walk is that, you know, you're, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You may desire something in your heart that just does not line up biblically or scripturally with what Jesus stands for, right? And so God's not God won't necessarily give you those desires of your heart. Well, unless you're delighting yourself in the Lord. Yeah. That's the caveat there. And your desires have to delight him too. Well, yes. So if you're walking hand in hand in Christ, hand in hand with Christ, and you are delighting yourself in the Lord and you are seeking after him, the desires of your heart will align with his desires. Yep. Because he'll place them there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all circular. It, it is very circular. Yeah. Okay. What would you say has been the um, best part about being a stay-at-home mom? Best part? I would say is my, I get to see, for Jane, I get to see the imagination that has blossomed in her as of late. 
um, that girl can tell a story, and she gets like two inches from your face, and her she has these big, big brown eyes with these huge, hugely long lashes, and she just stares at you and just tells you this story that is like so dramatic and so over the top, and just like then this happened, and then this other thing, and she's just very dynamic and uh, expressive. Um, so I get to enjoy those. And as far as like our second goes, she is a ball of energy, that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and just loves to run and jump. And she's really funny. And she's starting to talk a lot right now. And so just... It's starting to have different voices. Yeah, she does these little voices. Like Jane little does little voice. voices yeah. too. It's so funny. Um, you know, at two and four for them to be like... Jane can kind of do a British accent. It is the cutest thing ever. Um, and so it's just so much fun to enjoy that and um, and, and just, you know, bask mm-hmm. in the glow of, of that. Those are the positives. And then for Lucy, it's all the extra snuggles. Because, you know, she's only two months, so, what you know, it, enjoy the snuggles because they don't last forever. What's the most challenging aspect then? Lack of sleep. <laughs> Lack of sleep is the worst. And I that doesn't necessarily change. Oh, wait. And I have another one. There's one that, that, that's tied. Because lack okay. of sleep is all parents. I don't think that's just stay-at-home moms. Uh, well, that's even dads when their kids wake up three times in the night. Yeah, yeah. Who now have a preference for him instead of me. Yep. Oh, sweetie. Anyway, uh, the hardest part of being a stay-at-home mom is not ever getting to turn off parenting mode. Mm-hmm. Parenting mode is always on. Parenting mode is on while I sleep, while I'm in the shower, when I'm trying to cook. It's always on. It never turns off uh, because I'm always around them. So so it's it's nice. And right now we're, like, we're in the stage of life with Lucy where she's always with me because she's nursing and I can't really leave her anywhere, and she has too much of a gag reflex to really take a bottle, and uh, so she's not really been left yet. I feel like I went to play tennis once for an you, hour. You did, yeah. And that's the only time I've really left her. So we've been constant companions now for two months. Yeah. So any time that Beth and I get to go out on a date since Lucy was born, we've had this third wheel. Her yeah. name is Lucy. <laughs> but she was there for nine months before that on every day. She was just internal instead of external. True. Anyway. Yeah. So, but in a couple of months here, she'll start eating solid foods and she'll become a little more independent and we'll actually get a date, just the two of us. Yes. It'll be great. So anyway, we're going to head back into your story now. That was kind of my journey into being a stay-at-home being mom. Being a stay-at-home and, mom and... Yeah. All of that. Oh, goodness. So there's a lot of components to lead me into my story, and I think I'll leave some of those, especially the the faithfulness and obedience, trusting God in times of uncertainty. That's going to be a whole other episode that we'll talk about, and I think that'll get me, part for my story, that'll get me to where I got into teaching. Mm -hmm. When um, you kind of talked about that. How I got into Portage and Air Kalamazoo and where we're at. Um, but I am a full-time woodworker. Um, my So my business, I started that we're in, in the fourth year of business. Yes. And, you know, my, my background in terms of carpentry and woodworking, 
when I was in graduate school in Indiana at IU, go Hoosiers, I did uh, volunteer work with Habitat for Humanity. Yes, one of your winning qualities, I'd have to say, on your profile. So I had carpentry experience. And well, that you volunteered. Yes. I, the carpentry experience was a wonderful plus, but the fact that you volunteered drew me in. Yeah. So I got connected with Habitat down there in Monroe County, Indiana, um, through a mutual friend that I met on a missions trip mm-hmm. doing Habitat work in college. And just got a lot of experience with carpentry, rough carpentry, you know, that kind of thing. Not necessarily trim work, just your rough carpentry, siding, roofing, and the like. And uh, after, you know, all before Beth and I got married, um, I decided to start having a creative outlet with some artwork that I was making for us as a wedding gift to her. Yes. uh, Which we still have somewhere. In storage. In storage. Right now. Um, Unfortunately. One of our favorite pieces. Yeah. And then we had some furniture that we decided to, hey, let's make a side table or a sofa table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it using cabinet doors yes. and pine for the legs, taking a very rough carpentry approach in terms of joinery. But best it, that you knew at the time. Best that I knew at the time, yep. And um, so that's where it started. And then, you know, after we got married and, you know, I did some small projects for us. Yes. And then yeah. when we bought our house, um, I was had a garage. And I was like, oh, I have a shop space now. Yes. It was and a garage for like a couple of months there. For a couple months, yeah. <laughs> and um, just found that I enjoyed working with my hands and building things. And found pretty quick that I could probably make some money making things. Yes. And reached out to some friends who were like, yeah, you should do this. We'll buy stuff from you. So I met with a colleague from the school I taught at, Jim, who was a um, business teacher. And I I just picked his brain like, I don't know anything business. What do I need to do to create a business plan? I forgot about that. And, you know, to get started. And so I just had a really good conversation with him in that summer. And... uh, you started your and LLC? Then I, and I started the LLC, and I uh, yeah, met really. with a, a friend from church yeah. who is an attorney, and he walked me through and basically did the whole process for me. Yes. Getting my tax identification number and setting up the LLC. And he didn't charge you for it at all, nope. which was really a huge blessing. Yeah, and he answered my questions, and he, he got me through that part. Um, so I started it, and it was just this part-time side hustle, and you know I started it officially like July 31st or August 1st of 2015 and maybe mm. made like 1200 bucks that year yeah but it was right. it was very part-time yes now um, over the next few years sales of the business just about doubled every year mm-hmm. give or take with mostly working during the summer yep mostly in the summer building furniture and you know it was getting to a point where I thought, if I don't teach forever, what else would I do? And I'd always been saying, you know, I would be a carpenter. I would want to, you know, potentially build homes. So be a home builder mm-hmm. and just work with my hands. Let that creative outlet, uh, you know, take advantage mm-hmm. of that creative outlet. When I think at that time, I mean, it with 
like within two years of you starting this business, we were looking at like, okay, someday he would be doing this full time. We discussed me being a stay at home mom uh, for first, right? Mm-hmm. And then once our kids were in school, then um, yeah, yeah. I would go and find a full-time position somewhere so that way we would have a good balance of finances. Mm-hmm. And then Dan starting into woodworking full-time. And that was our plan. That's certainly not what happened. No. But it's definitely what we thought at the time. Mm-hmm. I would say about two years into you doing woodworking, you really wanted to do it full-time. Yeah. Now, you know, as I mentioned, well, we mentioned, we were both former educators. And... My separation from the teaching profession wasn't a smooth one. No. And that's putting it lightly. But I think if it had gone any other, like if they hadn't forced your hand, you would still be there. Maybe. Well, probably because it was, I mean, it was a good paycheck. It was It was a steady, yeah, It it was, it covered us. And so because of that, I think had they not been like nope you gotta go yeah so there's so i guess to kind of give you guys some insight into what went on um there's a lot of ways i guess the story could go Mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure they have their story the administration and you know we have ours just on based on observation and Mm -hmm. and experience but for about two years before i left uh, our science department was revamping the curriculum yes. based on the new state standards and you know looking at different models of curriculum planning for all types of science and effectively what we were finding is that there was going to be less emphasis placed on chemistry and more on biology and earth science. Earth science was a semester course currently mm-hmm. and it was shifting to become a full year course based on the amount of content and standards that had to be taught in that. And based on that model going forward, well, I'm in a job where chemistry is becoming more elective-based. You know, freshmen would take it, but after that it's not necessary for graduation based on the district changing their graduation requirements. I also taught computers and web design which you would think, hey, we need more computer classes at the high school level, and I agree with that, but that wasn't the case of what was happening. And so here I am going into a tenure year, and things are shifting where I'm no longer a core teacher or teaching a core subject. And so uh, the the previous two years to being uh, that tenure year, so year three and four, I was ranked as a highly qualified educator through all the criteria and metrics. Um, But I was told effectively, hey, here are some issues that you haven't fixed and we've given you like two months to fix it. And we didn't really tell you about this ahead of time. You should have had the foresight to know these things. And so um, you have to prove to us in the next couple months that you can stay and get tenure and ultimately it was just a really challenging semester, um, yes. student-wise, and um, you know, regardless of whether students should be in a particular class academically, you know, if they've met the prerequisites for it, or um, you know, in some cases the student will pick the class, 
because they needed to graduate and it's what's available and you know it, chemistry is hard <laughs> yes okay it's a hard yeah. class and you know trying to change the the connotation in, in people's experience with it but it was a really challenging semester with a particularly few students and um, both them and parents were vocal um, maybe not rightfully so but it was and it came to a point where you know you they don't have the teachers back completely yes yeah and so I was told that um, then you can either uh, resign and you know it'll be an amicable split and we'll write letters of recommendation for you or if you don't choose to resign then you're going to be terminated and we can't be nice to you it's not, it's a nasty process so either way I'm out of a job and it's do you want to quit or do you want to be fired yeah here's your choices here's your choices and oh hey we have a sub lined up for you today in case you want to go home and you know because this is devastating news well you know just because you're asking me to quit doesn't mean I'm gonna quit on the kids today so I said no I'm employed I still have a job right now I'm gonna go back upstairs and do my job mm -hmm. that's just my mentality that's my work ethic um, you know things might get frustrating but still work through it and try to find solutions and efficiencies and you know a lot of things especially now into woodworking is about finding system or making systems so that they're efficient and they work well and but you still have to build relationships you know communication relationship building is still big so that would have been uh, spring of 2018 so last year yes and you know truth be told goodness 2016 and 2017 I was already applying for jobs in the spring yes because I had this desire that if I could get out of teaching I wanted to yes um, and it wasn't necessarily the staff or the students per se but it was the type of stress related yeah. to teaching and its effect on my body since I have ulcerative colitis it was not treating me well no and I understand that a lot of different jobs have stress in them but teaching yeah. is a unique kind of stress. It's a unique stress on top of the fact that you have a disease where you need to use the restroom at any time and you can't. Right. It took me two years for someone to retire to get the classroom closest to the bathroom on my floor. I actually started at that school in the bathroom the furthest from the... No, yes. The classroom yeah. furthest from the bathroom. Yes. And, and it just... So teaching was not conducive to you um, feeling well health-wise. No. Uh, and so that was a big desire with, to get out was just to <laughs> be able to go to the bathroom whenever you need yeah. to. Well, and, I mean, really. You know, for those of you listening, if you have Crohn's or colitis, you know, you've heard, oh, you look fine. You don't look sick. And then you're like, F -f 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 yeah, I feel miserable. I am sick today, but I got to put on a happy face. I got a smile and bear through it. And there were a lot of days where I would be up at the whiteboard or working with students, and I would just stand there with my hand on my gut mm -hmm. because I had a cramp. And I was trying to let that cramp pass because I knew it wasn't an opportune time to go to the bathroom, which sounds miserable. And it was. Yes. Yeah. It is. Um, so, you know, I, I spent, like I said, 2016, 2017. 
in the spring and early summer applying for jobs in industry outside of teaching. Got nowhere with those. Um, 2018, I between spring and end of summer, I had about 160 applications out in industry across the United States for learning and development positions. Yes. Now, at the start of summer, even before then, trying to figure out what was next, I was praying, God, I really want to do woodworking full time. Mm-hmm. I don't know in what capacity, but this is our dream. We want to do this so badly. And I was, I was scared. Yes, you were scared of, that I wasn't going to have a job or yeah. doing it full time. Both. Yeah. Both. Because I always felt like, well, it goes back to our plan of, hey, I'm going to be a stay at home mom and then vice versa. We'll flip flop and you can pursue you, your dream of woodworking yeah. um, just so we had just so we had that stability so to change up that plan of stability right theoretically well I mean we had a house payment and we had a car payment yes and and small people and small people and um, so I mean I had I don't know I probably made it out of 160 applications I probably had five different companies reach out for interviews yes and three of them I made it to the final interview and came in second every time yeah yeah and through that process and, and they were big companies too. they were yes they were big companies uh, but through that process I just over and over again I had to keep telling myself that God takes care of the birds of the air and he clothes the flat you know he clothes clothes the fields with flowers and he cares for us so much more deeply than he does the birds in the fields. Um, so he is going to take care of us. He is going to clothe us. He's going to have shelter for us. He is going to um, take care of us. Mm-hmm. And if we have faith in him and we pursue after him, he's going to just provide these things. Um, obviously, you have to put in your two cents into working towards those. You know, you can't just lay on the couch and be like, oh, yep, God's going to provide. You actually have to try. Yeah, you have to put in the work and the effort. Yes, but he is he he will provide those things. Yeah. And so I had to remind myself of that constantly. It was a mantra that I just said over and over and over again that entire summer of 2018. Just, it was a never-ending. Um, you know, with... A couple of the companies I would make it far enough in the interview process and be driving back and forth for interviews and um, you know we'd be like oh this is a real possibility and so we'd start looking up housing in that area mm-hmm. you know and what do we think we can afford and I think at that point we were already getting the sense that hey we're gonna have to sell our house yes oh we definitely you were. know either we're gonna move somewhere else or you know Nothing is coming up, and unemployment doesn't play. Bear, it bear. covers like food. Yep. I mean, really, food and gas. Like it, it does not. Yep. It does not cover much. No, and so, you know, we felt prompted through prayer. You guys are going to sell your house. Yep. Put it up for sale. Yes. Um, you know, we had some folks that were very. Initially, were like. No, you can stay there and, you know, 
Well, have you sell some things? Yeah, or... sell some things, or just it's like okay, so that'll help us with the payment this month. Yes. But eventually, we're gonna run out of things to sell. Yes. Well, I mean, you can't depend on selling things <laughs> to you know random stuff in your house to mm-hmm. make a payment like that. Just it it's not. And and in my thought process too was how stressful is that gonna be mm-hmm. to have to sell something to stay in our house, to pay our bills, to eat, to whatever, you know, like that just like... Well, and we were already selling things oh on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist. Mostly because we didn't want them. But yeah, having yeah. garage sale and, you know, it was right after you'd watched that minimalism documentary and, <laughs> and we were selling some things. Um, but no, God, you know, was saying... Yeah, he prepared you us. You know, trust me. And, and when I was saying that I had prayed to go into woodworking full-time at the start of that summer, you know, I really felt him saying, no, not yet. It wasn't a, no, you're not ever going to do this. It was, not yet. Wait. Wait. So you're going to do it. And, you know, the process of waiting through the summer, I still did it part-time, still had some customers. Yes. Um, and it allowed me to take the, you know, part of that summer to heal my body for one thing. Mm-hmm. Because it was still stressed from teaching. I wasn't on medication at the time. Um, and, you know, I just I had my eyes checked this morning. And the doctor, you know, asked. I told him I had ulcerative colitis. And, you know, I asked what I did. I said I was a carpenter and woodworker and that I used to be a teacher. And he asked, you know, do you, is there ever a time where, like, you regret your decision or do you feel like your decision was the right one? I said, oh, by far it was the one of the best decisions I've ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, for one thing, from a physical standpoint, while I was teaching in, in, in Michigan, well, period, because I started teaching after I was diagnosed, Yes. is at most I was probably 60, 65% physical just feeling mm-hmm. um, in teaching, which is not good. And right now, I'd say I'm 95%. Yeah, your body's regulating Uh, much better. I don't think I'll ever be 100% just because of the nature of the disease. But I've been able to be off medication for almost two years. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, work through being in a flare-up without medication and diet and just kind of dealing with it. And um, I'd say I'm 90, 95%. Mm Mm-hmm. So we got into, uh, you know, into summer, we're going to sell our house, which we did by owner. And that was a lot of faith and obedience to God through that. And, and a lot of painting. And a lot of painting. <laughs> Painted um, everything. That yeah, whole just, first just floor to touch was it like up, fresh. You know, kids. Yes. Um, but, you know, we did good there. And we'll share more about that experience. I think in October, we're going to have an episode on that. Um, which is going to be about faithfulness and obedience in a time of uncertainty. Um, You know, being a woodworker full-time into the summer, finally we prayed again, God, can we do this full-time? There is nothing coming about. I've been applying for five months and have no job. And we're, we're listening, we're going to sell the house, but then what? And at that point, there wasn't really the sense of like, it wasn't no, not yet, it wasn't inaudible yes it was just this feeling of now's the time because i gotta provide for my family i'm pretty sure i was just at that point i was like nothing else is happening nothing else is coming through you gotta do it 
Yep, and let's just if there was ever a time, now is the time. Yep, and just lean into God through it all, and you know we'll see where we go from that. And um, so I ended up getting hooked up with uh, a home being built in Grand Rapids, and I drove up back and forth every day for like three weeks to do the stairs, the trim work, different things things there. Got experience, learned from the builder. And that led to doing a kitchen remodel for the company's office in downtown Grand Rapids, mm-hmm. which is probably the longest remodel ever because like different stages you had to wait for, and we would you know take up the floor and be like, oh, yeah, we have to replace the whole hardwood floor in the kitchen, or we would take down the tile backsplash. I did that in the kitchen, yeah. and oh, the damage is too extensive to the drywall. Let's just demo it and put new board up. Um, so. There's a lot of learning through there, and they were gr- very gracious um, yes, they were. through that process. And, um, you know, we by the end of the year, we made enough to where we could say, yeah, this could be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not where we want it to be yet. No, but we're getting there. You have, there's, I say, throughout this year, you've connected with, right now, two businesses. That I subcontract for. Yeah. And that's going to only become more consistent, I think. Mm-hmm. And then um, between that and, uh, you know, just selling furniture in between yeah. these consistencies, I, I'm i I'm not as fearful as I used to be about heading into this. Well, I mean, we were living it, and we've added another kid in, in the mix of the crazy. Yes. Well, you know, when you're sad, you comfort each other. Yep. Baby. Wink, wink. <laughs> just saying, like, yeah. that and ice cream therapy. A lot of ice cream. Yes. And for us, that's, like, the so delicious coconut milk or cashew milk ice cream. Yeah. Not that they're sponsoring us, but if they ever heard this and they wanted to sponsor, that's what we eat. Because, you know, food allergies and sensitivities is our life. Oh, man. That's a story for another day. But well, anyway. Anyway, so that's uh, that was our story. We just wanted to have this be a story format and share, you know, how Beth came to be a stay-at-home mom, how I got into full-time woodworking. And people ask, like, oh, what got you into woodworking or carpentry? Jesus, he was a carpenter. I, was, I say <laughs> necessity. Yes, yeah. You know, I had to provide for my family, and we prayed through it, and this is what God had us do. And, you know, he hasn't told us to turn away from it, so I think it was the right decision. Yes, yeah. So that's where we're at. Um, you know, I asked you the, the best part and the most challenging yes. part. So I think the best part, do you want to ask that? Yeah, What was the what's the best part of think, being a woodworker? I think the best part about being a full-time woodworker and, and finished carpenter is, for the most part, I can go to the bathroom when I want. <laughs> My stress level is less. I make my, I mean, I make my own hours, mm-hmm. but I probably work harder or longer hours sometimes than I did teaching. Yes. But I'm not bringing work home with me. Mm. Okay, sometimes. If it's like web design <laughs> or marketing. Or like a or, quote. Or... or quotes, yeah, I do. I yeah, sometimes yeah. do those at home. But once I moved to my shop in June, I was able to do a lot more of that in the shop. Yes. Yes, you were. Yeah. So those are the best parts: getting to work with your hands. Getting to work I think with you my like hands. being physical. I feel like I'm there for my, f- for you and our girls more than I was teaching. I think mentally you are. Men- yeah, mentally and spiritually I am because, yes. you know, even though I might have a, an estimate to bring home, I'm not bringing the stress of it home. 
No, you I don't not. have to come home and be like, hey, this was my day, and, you know, this kid was an idiot, or yeah, this person was nice, and it was, hey, this is what I accomplished today. I'm going to be able to talk, to, I can talk to her on the phone throughout the day. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. We talk to each other a lot, and before it was always through Google Chat. Yeah, Google Hangouts, we would type back and forth. That's what it is, Google Hangouts clearly have not used it in a while um but now it's you know we text we phone we have used marco polo mm-hmm. <laughs> a few times which is fun um and so it's just it, it's a lot easier to stay connected throughout the day uh than it was previously because mm-hmm. before i could only call him in between classes which is a bad time it's only five minutes or at lunch or his break yeah. or before or after school like the, and I could never remember his schedule, so it didn't help. And I mean, once or twice I had to call you in the middle of the day because like Jane locked herself in the bedroom and I couldn't find the key and yeah. pandemonium, so I had to call him. But he like would panic if I called him. And I would always pick up. I'd always step out and pick it up because you know what? I don't. Family yeah. is first to me. Well, and I didn't call unless it was an emergency. So anyway, all of that to say, like it just. It's, it's a better situation yeah. for us. Yeah, it is. Because we like talking. Yeah. And I think <laughs> the challenging part has been some of the inconsistencies in scheduling or mm-hmm. just waiting for clients to pay. You know, if it's furniture, I always get a 50% down payment minimum. Mm-hmm. And then the remainder at delivery. Yes. For the subcontracting, it's, well... When they pay. When, when they pay. pay. So one company pays every two weeks. Another company is... Kind of when they is, get to it, when they, when they get to it, and so I'll be like, Okay, yeah, I gotta pay bills like tomorrow, and we don't have money in the account. And then he hears that prayer, and you usually get some of the invoice or mm-hmm. parts of it in that it works out. Um, so I'd say, you know, just any business owner like me in, in the trades will you know, yeah, just getting paid. <laughs> can be challenging and but to getting you know we'll find times where oh i don't have anything lined up for the next two weeks crap i'm not making money over these two weeks and then something pops up it does every time every time and it's just more confirmation of um stepping in the right direction and having faith in that god's going to provide these opportunities has only gotten easier um and as time has progressed because just history wise you know every time we need something god provides it and so you know we'll we'll see where things go in the future but we're going to continue to have that faith that he's going to take care of us so thank you all for listening um you know may the lord bless you this week and thought to final thought to leave with um i'm going to Beth and I talked about this some is, you know, the enemy is going to come at you and try to convince us that we are no good, that our ideas are terrible, that we lack certain abilities, um, that or that no one wants to hear what we have to say. And for us doing a podcast, you know, that's getting through and saying, you know what, we have ideas, we have a microphone, we're going to do this faithfully to the best of our ability. Um, so, you know, Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Yeah. And also look for those confirmations from 
those external sources as well because those will also yeah confirm I think in the movies they call it a sign a sign yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, sign. For, look for a sign exit that way no anyway again thanks for listening we appreciate it we'll see you guys next time thanks again for listening we appreciate it so much Next time, we're going to share our love story and why we celebrate our anniversary in September, one of my favorite stories. And in the meantime, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Woodworker and Wife, and you can check out our website listed in the show notes. If you have a question or want to reach out, please send us an email at woodworkerandwife at gmail.com.